welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Dr. Bill Kanaski here, coming at you from St. Louis in another hotel room. Yeah, got in at midnight up before. Uh, I will say this, uh, in the first quarter of 2023, I have done more trial work. Oh my, trials are going full steam ahead. So a lot of work with witness training for trial testimony, uh, voir dire development, uh, jury selection strategies, mock trials um, to prepare because it's really, really important. <clears throat> and it's my understanding that the plaintiff's bar uh, has coordinated and communicated to each other that they are gonna push these cases to the courtroom and they're going to bet the farm that the defense will not be adequately prepared. That's their game plan. There's no mystery. There's no hiding. That's that's what they're doing. And and I've said this on many of podcasts before. Uh, I do plaintiff work in commercial litigation, not personal injury, in commercial litigation where my client is a corporation, a kind of a typical defense client. But now they have themselves and usually a contract dispute with another company. And um, I'm working on three of those cases right now. Those three plaintiff trial teams are pedal to the metal, doing everything they can to outmaneuver their adversary. And we're going to court. We are going to trial. And um, as, as it should be, as it should be. So... Um, there's no substitute for proper preparation and the earlier, the better. So keep that in mind, folks, because um, 2023 is going to be ye the year of the trial because all these all these postponements and con continuances from COVID are now popping up and um, you've got to be ready because uh, you, you do not want a nuclear verdict. I would love a nuclear verdict um, on these plaintiff cases I'm working on. And that's my full intention. I want to make that very clear. Uh, I am trying to create a nuclear verdict. And who better to do that uh, than an expert in nuclear verdicts like myself? So uh, on you know 90% of my files, I am working to decrease uh, or eliminate or suppress nuclear verdicts, nuclear settlements, and help my clients uh, either resolve these cases very favorably uh, or win at trial. The 10% of my cases, I'm actually trying to create a nuclear verdict and I know exactly how to do that. And that's that's my full intention. So um, I fully intend on winning these cases and I fully intend on sharing with you um, those nuclear verdicts and uh, how we accomplished them. Uh, today's podcast, though, is a very different topic. It's going to be a very short podcast because I have to go prep a witness uh, for trial across the street here in St. Louis. But I wanted to talk, I'm going to call this the defense counsel narcissistic injury. Uh, in 20 years of doing this, uh, it continues to happen where um, I get hired. So you have to understand, I get half the time I get hired by the corporate the corporate legal department or the insurance company the other half the, the other half of the time i get hired uh i get hired by uh, defense counsel and when i get hired by defense counsel there's really no problems um they know me they want me 
they're highly motivated uh, to win, whether that being winning, you know, at mediation by having their case properly assessed, empirically assessed, uh, having their witnesses giving a very effective deposition testimony that then can be used as leverage in a negotiation. Um, when I got hired by by defense counsel, there's no problem. However, uh, when corporate hires me or the insurance company hires me and um, let's just say force me upon defense counsel, that's where the problems have. And that's where the what I will call the narcissistic injuries happen. Um, a lot of defense counsel um, are uncomfortable with that. Um, I have talked to defense counsel about this. They've been very um, candid, and I wanted to share my experience uh, with this because I think it's I think it's very important. Um, I have been told by defense counsel, multiple defense counsel, and, and, and in fact, many defense counsel that highly disliked me, not necessarily personally, but disliked my presence in the case. Um, disliked me early and now we're best friends and we work together all the time uh, and I've talked to them and I've talked to current attorneys that have had a problem uh, with my presence and it, it all boils down to a couple different points and I, I thought it was important to talk about this um several defense counsel um when I get brought in uh by the client uh, are appalled particularly with witness training they are appalled that the client thinks that they need extra help. Um, defense counsel has shared with me, you know, they're 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 the trial attorney. Uh, they know how to prep witnesses, and the fact that the client has recommended or forced them to use someone like me uh, is an insult. And um, that's really not that's really not true. Um, and so. Um, First off, I, I don't prep witnesses. I train witnesses and I train them neurocognitively. Uh, my expertise is in cognition, behavior, and emotion, which happens to be the top three areas of why your witnesses fail. Uh, attorneys prep witnesses. You guys go over the documents, go over the exhibits, you guys create the strategy, that's your area. Um, I can assist in that area, but that's really not what I do. That's that's the trial attorney's job. Um, and so the combination of having the psychological expert combined with the legal expert uh, really leads to devastatingly effective results. But a lot of attorneys get upset because they feel um, as though they're being uh, undermined uh, by the client, uh, that their their talent or their or their motivation or their efforts are being questioned. And that's really, really not it at all. Um, so I've had several defense counsel tell me, yeah, at first, I really, really didn't like you there. I, I felt that this was a waste of my time. I was, I was appalled that the client wanted this. And then in the end, they're like, oh, okay, this was not what I was, <laughs> not what I was expecting. Um, this is very different from what I do. And there's a tremendous amount of value in it. Uh, and, and they tend to get over it um, pretty quickly. So I'm not there to compete with defense counsel. I am certainly there to supplement what they're doing uh, to take their you know, bad witnesses to good or their good witnesses to great. And there's really not much overlap with what I, with what I do. Secondly, um, I have heard several defense uh, counsel tell me um, that they get aggravated that um, I get brought in and they look at what I charge 
um, on a daily rate, and then they look at their hourly rate, and they get offended. You know, well, this insurance company or this client is paying me this inadequate <laughs> hourly rate, which has already ticked them off. And then, you know, you come in big shot and they're paying you your full rate. And, you know, that's that's a bunch of bullshit. Well, I mean, um, I'm an expert. I'm a PhD. Um, um, I, I try <laughs> uh, to provide the most elite services in this area. And yeah, it's it's expensive. Um, and the clients are okay with that because they want a certain result. And they know that uh, them investing uh, in that is 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 a big deal, and, and and they're okay with it. But I think the I think the compensation differences there uh, between the expert consultant uh, and sometimes not all the time, sometimes the trial attorney, um, you know, creates a uh, creates a problem as as well. And so, you know, these are issues that have popped up over the years. They continue to happen. It happened to me yesterday. Uh, I will not tell you where I was at, but, uh, I walked in, uh, it's, it's a, it's a high exposure case. And these were, uh, two defense counsel, um, both in their forties. Um, and I, I, there was this, this visceral reaction when I walked in the room, they were very pleasant and professional, but you could tell they didn't want to be there. Uh, you could tell they thought, you know, why are we doing this? You know, I don't need this, blah, 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 blah. And, I transformed these two witnesses over a two-day period um, right in front of them. And they were shocked. And afterwards, were my best friends. I mean, afterwards, admitted to me, like, wow. They, they both said, wow. And they said, this was not what we were expecting. Um, and I said, I know. I've <laughs> This is not my first rodeo. <clears throat> and they were shocked at the effectiveness and were very, very pleased uh, with everything. Uh, they took copious notes. They asked a bunch of important questions. And you can immediately tell that these attorneys had figured out that I can be a pretty powerful weapon uh, for them. I'm not replacing anything that the defense attorney does. Now, a lot of defense counsel will say things like, well, I tell my witnesses a lot of this stuff um, as well. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. And I, I said, "Well, yeah, because um, I don't tell your witness anything. I I teach them. I have to neurocognitively assess this witness in a way that a defense attorney cannot do. It's it's impossible. Um, defense attorneys don't have advanced training in cognition, behavior, emotion. So I'm able to really assess and analyze witnesses very differently. I will see things that you will never see, uh, both strengths and weak weaknesses, which is really important. <clears throat> and then I neurocognitive, neurocognitively then train the witness to perform. Um, and that's, a, um, that's not easy. Uh, that takes a lot of advanced uh, training. There are other people in my industry that don't have my background or training um, that, that, you know, work with witnesses, um, that, that quite frankly, don't, don't do a very good job of it. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, probably 20% of my cases, I come in after a previous consultant has been hired and a, and a witnesses has failed because they, they can't adequately assess and then address 
the cognitive behavioral issues going on and uh, give very superficial guidance. You know, you could tell a witness, you know, think before you speak, you know, keep your answer short and you know, don't volunteer information. Here's my favorite. You know, stay calm. You know, stay calm. Don't get nervous. Don't don't get rattled. Like, that's impossible. That's not how the human brain is wired. Uh, people don't don't can't. It's impossible for them to do that without advanced training. And so that's really you know what I provide. What my colleague Dr. Steve Wood provides um, uh, a way to get your witness to be highly effective uh, during their testimony by addressing these. Uh, neurocognitive issues for you, okay, and then uh, doing the training with you, with you. This is this is a team effort. Again, I want to make this very clear. I don't I don't replace uh, anything a defense attorney uh, would do. It, it's it's a it's a sub. I'm a supplement, and it's going to make your life a lot easier. And um, if 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 you get stuck with me, or if you get stuck with a a different consultant, um, I would urge you to be a little bit more open-minded about, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. I would be skeptical. I, I think, I think, I think skepticism is healthy. I never, I've never blamed, um, a defense because this happens all the time where a defense counsel afterwards will go out to dinner and they'll say, I was totally against this and now I'm totally for it. And I apologize if I was a little cold to you up front, because I kind of took I kind of took this the wrong way from the client. This happens to me every week. And I'm not a dick about it. I the first thing I do is acknowledge it. I say, hey, you know, you're not the first person to do this. And um, you know, you came around and 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 this happens a lot. And and listen, all is well that ends well. And you know, the the witnesses perform. It makes the here's the here's another great benefit. It makes you look good. When your attorneys perform, you benefit from that. The client appreciates that. The witnesses are thrilled. And you're gonna get more trust from the client. You're gonna get uh, more, I, I would argue you'd get more files. Um, and it's it's actually gonna improve your position with the client. I'm really, really there to help you. Um but I understand your position. Um, I, I can empathize with you. It's um, you know having somebody, an outsider, come in and you know take charge, right? I mean, you're the attorney. You know, you don't deal with that a lot. Um, but it, it, it's overall, it, it it it's a great positive. Uh, I have really, really good uh, relationships with the uh, attorneys that I work with, and you know, some of there's a there's a minority of defense attorneys that just never get over this <laughs> and they just bitch and moan and him and ha the whole time. But, um, um, it, I don't think that's necessary. You know, we are all on the same team. We want the same, um, we want the same outcomes and, and that goes for, you know, things like focus groups and mock trials, um, you know, jury selection uh, strategy, voir dire development. Um, we work on so many cases, right? Relative to an attorney per year. An attorney may work on what? Somewhere between five to 12 cases a year is my guess. <laughs> yeah, I work on 150 or you know, 200 some years. Um, I see it all. Um, I have a very unique perspective on what, what your enemy is doing, right? Because I see so many different 
angles if something new is happening in the plaintiff bar i will know about before anything else and i will educate you know you and your team about you know what i'm seeing and some of the new tricks or traps so um it's a good thing uh defense counsel i love you okay and if you're pissed off and whiny okay <laughs> early on in our process i'm gonna let it slide and my job i quite frankly my job is i want to win you over i want to show you the value and I want to show you how when we combine together, not me replacing you, when we combine our expertise together, your legal expertise with my neurocognitive expertise, that is when you get the most fantastic outcomes. You win, I win, clients win, witnesses win, winning, hashtag winning team. All right. Uh, should I give you a rant today? You have to write down my... Uh, Okay, here's my rant. Okay, back to the airport. I love my airport rants. Okay, if they call your group, right? And they call your group. Group one, you can board. Or group two, you can board. Or if you're on Southwest, right? You know, A1, A1 through 15, whatever. If you get up to that desk and they're scanning boarding passes and you do not have your boarding pass ready, I, I just, I, I just want to choke you. I mean... It, everybody just wants to get on this damn plane and get to where they're going. And, you know, you got people killing each other to get on this plane. I mean, group one, people stand up and it's like, it's like boxing out, right? People are boxing each other out. Like, like we're in a Duke Carolina game and they have to get up there first. And then you get up there and your damn app isn't even open. And then you got to drop your luggage and then you got to go fooling around with your damn phone pull up your app and you know, I'm three people behind you. Like, okay, you're the guy that just knocked over three old ladies to get in line. You just boxed me out because you had to get in line. You had to get it right. And then you get up there and, and you don't have your app open with your boarding pass. Okay. People come on, come on folks, smarten up, have some respect for your fellow traveler and have your damn app open. This happened to me yesterday. That's when you scream at the guy like, what? Come on. Travel etiquette, folks. Travel etiquette. All right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go fix witnesses for trial. Dr. Bill Kanaski, this is the Litigation Psychology Podcast. Thank you so much for participating. We'll see you next time.